Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate His love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning. Thank you. How are we all? Good. It's good to see you. <laughs> Thanks, Tiff. Praying as I was driving in and I really felt the words come alive, come alive. And then the song that came on, they were singing, come alive, come alive, come alive. So I declare that for everyone today. Come alive today. Come alive today. Cool. All right. Today, my message is called Rivers of Life-Giving Water. Now, I'm excited today, and I woke up yesterday with an earache, so I know that today's going to be good, <laughs> because why else would you get an earache? So, I haven't had one for like 12 years, by the way. But anyway, I'm preaching, so what do you expect? <laughs> so, today I want to talk about two different types of rivers of life that can be related to seasons that we're going through. Rivers of restful waters and rivers of rapid waters. Now, there's been some talk about storms this morning and people going through these, you know, tough times. So I think that it's timely, my message. Um, but then I want to talk about how the river of life-giving water can flow out of us in each of those seasons. So this message came about from a conversation I had a couple of years ago with a very good friend, and I don't know that she realises the impact that that conversation had on my life. It's helped me navigate through several seasons since then. So at the time of this conversation, I was complaining, maybe lamenting a little bit, you know, woe is me, psalm kind of conversation. I was feeling a little sorry for myself. But I'll tell you the story, okay? You need to know. So Jake had just started a new job, and this is a vulnerable story, so anyway. Jake had just started a new job and it paid very well. So I thought, yes, that's really good. I'll quit my stressful job. That was causing me a lot of sickness. Um, Jake's job paid really well, so I didn't have to work. Um, so yes, I quit. And then I was driving home on my last day of my job and Jake rings me and says, Rach, I've just lost my job. I'm like, oh, oh. Awesome, <laughs> awesome, we're both, and it was effective immediate. So we were both jobless, and I was not going back to that job, no way. So he lost his job because that they decided they wanted to cancel that project, and they didn't need him anymore. So it, they'd been trying to recruit him for about two years, and every time he said, no, 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 and finally he's like, all right, I'm going to take a risk, I'm going to take this job, I'm going to do it, and then... Bam, I'm just going to pull that rug right out from underneath you because, you know, we can. So that happens. I was driving to pick up my son from childcare. He was about two and a half at the time. I didn't know where to go with that conversation. So I went in and picked up Xander and the childcare uh, teacher said, oh, just want to let you know that our two kids today held Xander down and were punching him in the face. So <laughs> my, he was like two and a half, innocent little boy, defenceless, couldn't do anything. I just, 
I want to cry talking about it because it was horrible. As a mum, that's not what you want to hear going in to pick up your son. So there was a few emotions going on. Helpless, scared, fearful, just to name a few. Panicking, angry. Um, but it's okay, we made it three. I'm here, I'm alive. We're all alive, we're all well. So this is why I was complaining a little bit to my friend. Okay? So I said something like, it would be really nice if life could just be not so stressful. You know, if things could just not change for a little while, just let it be easy for a little while. So I'm not worrying about what's coming next. Something like that was my conversation. And she said something like, Rachel, you need to look at your life like a river. One with lots of corners, bends, twists and turns. She said some people have... Their life is like a wider river with lots of straights. But she said, if your life were like that, I think you would be very bored. You need the corners to keep life interesting. And I thought, that was so simple but so profound. And that simple little statement has helped me get through so many things in the last two years. And we've navigated some very immediate big corners and bends. Um, but every time... I can go into it knowing a little bit better how to handle my situation, that there will be a straight eventually. So I look at it now like there's a lesson in the corner. I look for the growth opportunity in the corner. And knowing that every time I hit that bend, I'm being carved into something that will turn out more beautiful, more nurturing, more sympathetic, and more compassionate. So. I'm likening this to two different rivers. Who likes canoeing or kayaking on calm rivers? I like that. Who likes whitewater rafting? Who, where are my adrenaline junkies? Nah, not me. I'm not. The most adrenaline junkie thing I did was we were in, we'd been in Reading in America for like one week and we were living with these Americans and they're like, let's, go on, let's get air beds and we'll blow them up and float down the Sacramento River. I'm like, okay, I can do that. We can do that. So I accessed my inner brave, and I did that. And then the police picked us up. The water police picked us up. I'm like, the moment I try something adventurous, we get picked up. By the, we've been in America for one week. And then the Americans didn't say anything. The police were like, where are you from? We are like, oh, Australia. And they stayed quiet. And then we found out later that they stayed quiet because they would have been in a lot more trouble if they were, knew they were from America. So anyway, that was my experience on the river. So I want you to all close your eyes for a moment, my imaginary people. I want you to picture this. You're in a canoe. You're gently and peacefully floating down a calm river. You can see ahead of you far into the distance. You can see little ripples of water from the fish jumping out. You're gliding along, taking in the beautiful surroundings. Can you picture, are you picturing this? Yeah. You notice the green grass lined on one side, and on the other side are beautiful, big green mountains. You can see all different kinds of trees. You can see all sorts of flowers and wildlife. You're taking in some deep breaths, smelling the fresh air. So this river is a nice river to be floating down. Do you agree, those that you can see it? This is a season of peace. You have time to enjoy your surroundings. You can close your eyes and you can 
take it all in. You can breathe. Everything is good. You can relax in this journey. It's comfortable. It's restorative. Perhaps your relationship with God is flourishing in this season. Everything's going well. Life is good. There are lessons that can be learned in this kind of river, but this is more so a season where we grow in God. You can open your eyes if you've still got them closed. This is one where we rest, but we're building strength. We're building with God. We're building our internal structures with God. We grow deep. Okay? We need these moments in our journey. We need these restful river moments in our journey. They're important for us to be able to keep going. But the thing we need to remember in these moments is not to allow ourselves to get complacent or too comfortable because it's in these moments it's a little bit easy to forget about God. We can forget that he's our provider because we can provide for ourselves. We can forget to pray because we don't need anything. We can forget to include him in everything that we do. And while we're also relaxing in this river, perhaps we can forget that the enemy's not relaxing. This is not to scare you. It's just so you're aware you can be alert. Now, I don't like to pay the enemy any attention because he's really not worth it. I don't like to live in fear. But we need to remember that in these seasons, we need to keep reading the Bible. We need to keep praying. We need to keep worshipping. We keep being thankful. Because all of a sudden, you're in the rapid river and you have all these tools in your belt and it helps you get through that tiny little bit easier. We were never meant to be stagnant. Even when we're resting, we can be building up our spirit. We can be building up our resilience and strength and growing deep in God. So put your hand up if you feel like you're in a nice, restful water season. Good. I'm happy for you. I'm really happy for you. You will stay there. This is, I'm not, you're not coming out of it, I promise. <laughs> you're going to stay there for a little while. Just enjoy it while you're there. So, <laughs> the river of rapid water. This is the one that you find yourself in all of a sudden with no warning. You are in the rapids and you're holding on for dear life. What is going on? You're holding on for this wild ride. I think it's safe to say that we've all experienced this kind of river in our lifetime. Probably those who are a little bit older have probably experienced it a bit more than what I have, unfortunately. There's no escaping it. Sorry. It's there, it's going to happen. So when I refer to the river of rapid water, I'm referring to a season when it doesn't feel like there's an end. This river has been flowing for way too long and it doesn't seem like it's coming down anytime soon. You may experience feelings of hopelessness and disappointment. The river of rapid water can, feel, can be chaotic, stressful, extremely uncomfortable, scary. You're taking life day by day. But this is the river that we have to trust in God. This is the river that builds our faith, that he who starts something will get us through. This is the river that we need to remember his promises. And this is the season where growth happens. And it can be beautiful. Isaiah 43 verse 2 says, When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. You will not drown. Sometimes the rapid rivers can last days, weeks, months, maybe years. But this is where it's important to find moments of rest in this river. Learn to find moments to breathe. 
It's in these rapids that we grow in faith and grow in hope. We grow closer to God because sometimes he is all we have to hold on to. The rapids are uncomfortable. I think we live in amongst a culture that is obsessed with finding comfortable, finding the comfortable lifestyle. How often do we find people embracing uncomfortable situations, embracing setting out of their comfort zone? Being comfortable is not a bad thing, but our ultimate comfort should not depend on things or circumstances, but on God. But also, I think God puts us in uncomfortable situations. We need times of uncertainty. We need times that we, can, we don't know what's going on. We need times where things are unexpected. We need the corners. They cause us to grow. We need them for character development. Sometimes I think God is much more concerned about our character than our comfort. We need the rivers of restful waters at different times in our life, but we were never meant to stay there. There are many stories in the Bible where people were put in uncomfortable situations. These are in no specific order. Daniel in the lion's den. Joseph's brother, brothers sold him as a slave. Moses going back to Egypt, where he previously ran from because he killed someone. Abraham was called to leave everything and follow God. Sarah, at an old age, was told she was going to have another baby, and then she laughed at God. Sometimes Jesus was the one who put the people in uncomfortable situations when he called Peter to walk on the water. That wouldn't have been comfortable. Jesus then dying on the cross and the disciples watching him. That wouldn't be comfortable to watch. So if you're feeling uncomfortable, I'd check in with God to see if he put you there for a reason. Find the lesson in the uncomfortable. We have to go through stuff to grow. If we're not growing, we only carry knowledge, and it's growth through experience that helps other people, not simply knowledge. So in the middle of the rapid rivers, when we can't see where we're going, Jesus is looking at where he's called us to go. We can believe in what we cannot see because of who we can see. Lisa Harper says, You might feel invisible, but that is not spiritual reality. It might be your circumstantial reality. But what you see right now is not what is really true. You can't, you can't see the God who breathed into the, this earth, into existence, looking at you going, I'm right here, I've got you. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for is the evidence of things we cannot see. Oswald Chambers says, Faith is deliberate confidence in the character of God whose ways you might not understand at this time. We have the opportunity to worry or we have the opportunity to worship in the middle of the rapids. Because when we worship, we see the problem from his perspective and suddenly our unmanageable river can start to feel manageable. We can worry or we can worship. We can't do both. So what are you going to choose? Worry will try and rob you from your worship. It's saying, God, you are great. I don't know how I'm going to get through this, but God, you are great. I don't like this situation, but God, you are great. I don't like what's going on, but God, you are great. And it is saying that until you agree with it, until you align with it, because your circumstances might not 
be what you want it to be, but you align yourself by saying, God, you are great. God, you are great. God, you are great. God, you are great. Align your circumstance with his promise, with his greatness. So worship takes our focus off the issue. It distracts us from thinking about our rapid river that we're in the midst of and places our thoughts towards God. And in return, we begin to see it from his perspective. And it makes me wonder, what does a rapid river look like from his perspective? When you're looking up, what does a rapid river look like? Can you picture that? You can see where the rocks are. You can see where the obstacles are. You can see where the river becomes calm. You can see what you need to avoid. You can see where you need to hold on because it's about to get rough. You can see where you can relax a little bit from his perspective. Psalm 46, verse 1 to 4. God is our refuge and strength. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in time of trouble. Therefore we will not fear. Therefore we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. I like to say this. There's a full stop in between. Therefore we will not fear and even though. I like to remove that full stop. Therefore I will not fear, even though I can't see what's ahead of me. Therefore, I will not fear even though fear seems like the only option. I will not fear even though my job is uncertain. I will not fear even though I don't know how I'll provide for my family. I will not fear even though my sickness seems like it's taking over my life. I will not fear even though my future is uncertain. I will not fear you fill in the gap. I will not fear even though. I will not fear even though. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. In contrast to the raging environment described in this psalm, there is a peaceful river of supply in God's sanctuary that produces life. Jerusalem had no literal river. It's believed that there was a subterranean water supply that's the source of various fountains and pools in Jerusalem. The unseen river then can be referred to as a symbol of our inner life. Grace and joy that only God gives. There is an internal river within each of us whose streams make glad the city of God, that God is in the midst of her or him. She or he shall not be moved. In the context of this calamity, where it seems as though everything is crashing down, the streams of the river make glad the city of God. These streams are given to us in times of trouble, producing joy, producing life. I like this story. Mark 4, 35 to 38 says, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they, look, they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Have we done this to God before? Don't you care that we're going to drown? But the presence of Jesus on board doesn't necessarily guarantee a smooth passage. What we are promised is his presence in the storm. He is in our boat and he is at rest. 
He wasn't sleeping because he didn't care. Jesus is never panicked. One day I was in the Woolies car park, just sitting there. It was not long around this circumstance that had just happened. And I was in a different, I was parked in a different spot than where I normally park. And I was just sitting there taking a moment. And the next thing, this huge ute is towing this humongous boat. I'm like, what? What? If you know the Woolies car park, you're not driving a huge ute towing a huge boat in the, you just don't. And I'm like, what is that? What is he doing? And then the boat went past and the name of the boat was Trust Me. I'm like, okay, 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 I get it. <laughs> so I, I rang Maureen, there's a boat in the car park and it says, trust me. <laughs> she says, what do you think it means, Rachel? I'm like, well, that Jesus is in my boat and he does care and he will look after me, that God is good at being good. He will never disappoint me. And he is the God that produces fruit in the valley. He doesn't panic. He's never afraid. He knows what he's doing and where he is taking us. So keep believing in the one who can calm the raging rivers. Stay the course. Don't lose your joy. Persevere through these raging rivers because when you're at your weakest, he shows up in the greatest power. When challenges and storms come our way, we can choose how we react. Will we let this storm refine me or define me? Will I commit to trusting God or will I let it sink me? Will I get stronger or will I get bitter? So who here feels like you're in a rapid river season? (laughs) I'm glad not many of you are. (laughs) So this brings me to rivers of life giving water. The Amazon River originates in the Andes Mountains in Peru, South America, above the freeze line. And it's there that trinkets of water emerge from the frozen ground and flow down a mountain, one little stream flowing into another little stream until this majestic river is formed. As the river flows, it picks up speed and power. It flows for around 3,600 miles before it reaches the Atlantic Ocean, where it hits the ocean at a rate of 1.4 million gallons of water per second. 1.4 million gallons of water per second and with such force that the fresh water dilutes the ocean's saltiness for around 160 kilometres from shore. There is power in that river. But how much more powerful is the river of the Holy Spirit that lives in each side of of every one of us? And because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, that is the life that flows out of us. Even when we feel less than, the Holy Spirit never feels less than. When we feel like we can't give any more, the Holy Spirit can always give that little more. And when we're needing rivers of peace, rivers of joy, rivers of hope, of love, of prosperity, of favour, all we need to do is jump in that life-giving river and access whatever it is we're needing for ourselves and for others. John 7, verse 37 to 38 says, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. 
Rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Jesus didn't promise a trickle or a stream. He promised rivers, plural. Has it been my experience that ever-flowing, abundant rivers of living water have gushed up inside of me and flowed out of me? I find this question to be convicting and hope-producing. I'd love to say, yes, that's been my experience my whole Christian life. But if I'm honest with you, my answer would be, there's usually a trickle of living water. Sometimes there's a drought where it seems like it's dried out. Occasionally a creek of living water, but ever-flowing, abundant rivers, plural, would be a stretch to describe my Christian life. And I'm afraid to admit that there have been times that I've allowed circumstances to determine the river or lack of river coming out. How many people can agree for their own life? But Jesus' words here give me hope. Hope is a firm expectation that God who began this work in me will finish it. Hope keeps you floating until you hit solid ground. Hope is a joyful anticipation of good. Hebrews 6.19 says, This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our soul. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. So if my life isn't currently matching Jesus' description, it can. This is a promise from the Son of God himself to all who come to him and drink that out of your innermost being will flow rivers, plural, of living water. The scripture says if anyone is thirsty, we must recognise that we're thirsty. It's about remaining desperate for God through the restful and the rapid rivers to sustain us. It's easy to satisfy our thirst in many other ways. Thirsting for things other than God, especially when life is not going our way. John 4.14 says, But those who drink the water I will give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. Psalm 63.1, O God, you are my God, I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. Revelation 21, To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of water of life. Some versions say, at no cost. Isaiah 44, 3, For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing upon your descendants. I will pour water on thirsty land. If you're experiencing a thirsty land season, I will pour water on thirsty land. Listen, don't wait until we're dehydrated before we come to God. Low levels of dehydration in the natural can lead to headaches and tiredness, many other effects. The human body is made up of roughly 75% water. Without this water, we cannot survive. So many people don't feel thirsty until they're already dehydrated. So if this is dehydration in the natural, what does spiritual dehydration look like? I don't want to know the answer. <laughs> Jesus didn't say, if anyone is thirsty, keep digging and I'll eventually, you'll eventually hit water. No. He didn't say, if anyone is thirsty, go to church, get baptised, take communion, repent, give all your money to church, clean your life, attend every single Sunday, then you can have some water. No, he didn't say that. He said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. 
If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Come to me who loves you unconditionally. Come to me who loves you unconditionally. Come to me who is faithful regardless of your circumstances, your actions and your choices. Come to me who is patient. Come to me who is forgiving. Come to me who is gentle and kind. Come to me who died a bloody, brutal death for your sins. Why? So you can have a drink when you're thirsty. Come to me who would do it all over again for you. So you can have a drink from the river of life so that you too can be a river of life to those who need it that don't yet know Jesus Christ, the life-giving river. So we've established that life is a series of challenges, adventures and battles. There will always be giants to subdue, dragons to slay and rapids to navigate through. But through it all... We need to choose our most heroic lives because the world is desperate. A world needs to see what it looks like to be fully alive regardless of what we're going through. They need to see rivers of life flowing out of us. And they will do that, they will see that when we can navigate the rapids. We help the world by choosing to be more and give more. We don't help the world by choosing to be less or do less. The greatest tragedy is that we keep underestimating how much God wants to to do in us and through us. Comfortable protects us from the risk of failure and it separates us from a future of greatness. Comfortable protects us from the risk of failure and it separates us from a future of greatness. We can be so afraid of death that we never live. We can be so afraid of death that we never live. We can be so afraid of failure that we never risk. We can be so afraid of failure that we never risk. We can be so afraid of pain that we never discover how strong we really are. We can be so afraid of pain that we never discover how strong we really are. But one of the traits of God that makes him extraordinary is his ability to do the impossible through ordinary, everyday people like us there is more courage in us than danger ahead of us there is more courage in us than danger ahead of us you are strong enough for the battles ahead you are strong enough for the battles ahead too many of us have believed the lies that we've been told that we're not good enough and we're not smart enough but let me tell you something you are a warrior of light Do not fear the darkness. You are a warrior of hope. Do not fear despair. You are a warrior of faith. Do not fear hate. You are a warrior of peace. Do not fear the battle within. There is a warrior inside of you that can be discovered when going through the rapids. There is a warrior inside of you that can be discovered when going through the rapids. So if you are a warrior and you are a warrior, don't fear the rapids. You are an overcomer. Don't fear the rapids. There is beauty in the rest, but there is beauty to be found in the rapids too. 
And it is in the rapids that we're shaped and moulded to be more like Christ if we allow them to refine us. So where is the beauty? Jesus, who is well acquainted with the valleys and the rapids, is not afraid to walk with us. He's not afraid to get in our boat. He's not afraid to instruct us and guide us. He creates the passages where fear tells us we're a dead end. He is life when we are gripped with fear. So I now embrace the rapids as best as I can because I know what's on the other side. Compassion, sympathy, the ability to relate, courage, strength that I didn't know I had before. Freedom is on the other side of the rapids. Answers to questions I didn't know I had. So allow yourself to ride out the rapids. So if you put your hand up this morning to feeling like you're in a river of rapid water, do you want to raise your hand? Or if you feel like your river is dried up and you're not flowing with life-giving water, you can put your hand up. This will, this will require some courage, some bravery. If you feel like you're going through a season of fear, put your hand up. If you feel like you want to live more fully alive, embracing the rapids, put your hand up. All right. People that have not raised their hand, can you find someone that has raised their hand? Please. And we're going to pray for them. I want you to ask them what they need. I want you to ask them what they need and I want you to pray for them out loud. God, we pray for a warrior spirit. God, we pray for joy in the rivers. God, we pray for peace in the rivers. God, we pray. We declare your greatness in the rivers. God, you are in the rapid rivers. God, we release freedom. Freedom, freedom, freedom. We release courage to endure the rapids. God, we release your life-giving river to flow through every single person here. There is no fear in the rapids because we are overcomers. We are warriors. driving into church this morning I had a picture that God reminded me of when I was a little girl I used to love we grew up on a vineyard and dad also um, had canola crops growing and my favourite thing was in the morning before mum and dad even got up I'd run run through the canola crops and I was so little that I couldn't even see 
above anything. We used to play hide and seek out there. My brother was asthmatic, so he'd come in and be struggling. <laughs> but we had so much fun. We, um, and God reminded me of that. And I feel like he's saying, come, let us be carefree children. And I feel like he was telling me, Rachel, enjoy this. Enjoy this life. It's full, but enjoy this. Go back to that childlike joy. And I want you to experience the same. Go back to that childlike joy running through the fields with God. That's all I've got, guys. <laughs>